you didn't really care about getting paid. You were just cared about like, you know, this is something I want to get into. I'm just going to put my 10,000 hours in, I guess. Definitely probably one of the biggest highlights in my career and in life, I would say. Hello, my fellow Martians. My name is Harry Mars, and this is the On Mars Pod, where we take a deep dive into creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and other inspiring Martians alike. Today, we are joined by Dylan Toon, a professional videographer based in Phoenix, Arizona. Dude, I, I want to I learn how to do that. I'm going to find out how to do that. I just like the fact that I was able to build a name for myself like that to where people can go and they trust that I'm going to execute what they're trying to do. Hello, my fellow Martians. Today on Mars, we are joined by a video director and a content creator. Um, he is in Phoenix here. He's been working with a lot of the people around me, but um, everybody welcome Dylan Toon, aka Visual Shooter. Thank you for being here, bro. Man, thanks for having me, man. Of course, bro. So on Mars, we take a deep dive into creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and other inspiring Martians alike. So that's why I'm glad you're here today, man, because like I just said, you work with a lot of people around me. And uh, it's funny because we've only met on a few occasions. We don't know each other super well. So it's mm -hmm. kind of cool to be able to sit down and get to know each other. Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm glad to be here, man. It's Absolutely. a pleasure. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, we met in 2019 when you were shooting uh, the Get To Me music video. Is that correct? Or did we meet before that? Um, I think we we might have met like maybe on like a planning for that music video. Okay. But like, yeah, around that time, I would say that's when we met. And yeah. It was it was such a great time shooting that. Video. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was it was, it was early too because I was like this modern had really just started. Um, you hadn't really shot for like bands at the time, if I remember correctly. No, you could. Uh, that was like my first band video. Wow. Yeah. Dang, dude. And that's what you guys were uh, re when you guys reached out to me. You're like, oh, like you know, we'd love for you to shoot our music videos, and I was into like the effects and stuff like that, and I'm like. Well, I guess I could try that for a band. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I thought it's not, it ended up looking sick, dude. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. The idea is I remember like uh, that was like one of the first, because um, we only worked with a couple music video, video directors. Uh, and that was the first one as this modern that we worked with like someone outside of like ourselves. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it was kind of cool to be able to like see all these ideas that you had and like with the mirror and like uh, we were throwing lights at stuff, like breaking <laughs> lights like, slow-mo. I, I remember the shot of you like breaking that fluorescent yeah, light exactly. and like I'm pretty sure you had like a katana yeah, or something. something like that. Yeah, <laughs> one of us had a katana for sure. I remember that being And someone thing. brought a spear. I forgot. What was what was his name? He uh, long, long haired guy. Ricky. Ricky. Yeah, yeah Ricky. Yeah, And shout out to Ricky. I shout miss that Ricky. guy. He's a good guy. Same. But I remember him throwing a spear beer <laughs> at the couch yeah dude we were such a fun, great dude. time pretty sure uh, marcus got sunburnt oh yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah, of the yeah the mirror i was i was like man you, need, you might need to go to an eye doctor after this shit <laughs> he was just blinding straight in his eye because we had no reflector so i'm like you know what this mirror could work dude but yeah i uh i remember after that shoot he was like red dog he was just yeah. red i was we, like oh marcus what happened we sunbathed him <laughs> yeah because i uh i'm pretty sure um i had to leave early from that shoot for whatever reason so it was just kind of like um there was some shots that i i wasn't there for but you guys were out there for like a minute and that's yeah. why he was uh he got so 
Yeah, and I think it was like still like in the winter or like in the colder part of the year, and it was still like hot as balls. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So it, it's cool. Like we have history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's uh, it's cool that you know you're still out here doing it, and um, this modern's out here still doing it. So yeah. it's cool to kind of see where everyone's at now. You know, four years later. Yeah. Um. So how did you initially meet uh, this modern that that crew? Did they just like reach out to you to, like randomly, or did they know you through somebody? Um. I originally knew Tim. Oh, nice. Um, I'm pretty sure he was the one that reached out to me initially. Um, and I'm not really entirely sure how I met Tim. I think just through mutual friends. Um, I would say like maybe Ethan Beasley. Oh, yes. And like um, that that group of people kind of introduced me to Tim. I think I had like a, I think like in the past we went to like Casey Moore's a few times. Oh, yeah. Classic. And I got to met Tim from the, through there. And then... Um, yeah, I think that's how it originally started. Okay. And I'm glad you brought up Ethan because um, it's funny, like, because we kind of lost connect after, you know, years of not really seeing each other or talking. Yeah. And then it was just like, I had Ethan Beasley on the pod. And then after we're done, he's just like, do you know Dylan too? And I'm like, dude, yeah. Like, why does that sound so familiar? Because it'd been so long. And uh, he's like, didn't he uh, shoot that music video uh, for this modern gets me? And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I Dylan know Dylan. <laughs> yeah, I know Dylan. And um, so he's like, dude, you should definitely have him on the pod. And that's when that's I, so uh, cool. that's when I reached out, dude. So it's like, it's cool that like, this is kind of, this pod is like also kind of bringing yeah. other people together it's, like it's that. It's like a small world or like, just like really connected in its own ways. And, and when sure. it, it meant so much to me, Ethan, if you watch this, thank you so much for even thinking about me. And the fact that you invited me on, I mean, thank you. Of course. It's rare for me to get interviewed and stuff like that. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> no. man. Hey, well, you know, it's, it's, um, it, a lot of times it's because like the people that are behind the camera don't like to be in front of the camera. And that's, I feel like a, a big case for a lot of videographers and um, directors and all that. Um, but I think it's important to shed light um, and show people your story because you've made a lot of waves out here and you've done a lot of things in your time. And um, so I think it's important to tell your story. So yeah, yeah appreciate it. Absolutely. That. You're welcome, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you on. It's my honor, bro. <laughs> um, so to kind of get a little bit more background information, you did, uh, you were born in Utah. Is that correct? Um, well, I was technically, uh, Moab, Utah is kind of like a second home for me, but I was originally born and raised in Gilbert. Okay, so you were born in Gilbert. So I'm pretty much a native here. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would like pretty much every summer I would uh, visit my family out in Moab, Utah. And so that kind of, I kind of technically treat that as a second home, but mm. Gilbert's where I'm from. For sure. Yeah. Do you still have family out there that you see uh, pretty often? Or? Oh, yeah. Um, pretty much my whole mom's side of the family's out there. Mm. And um, yeah, we I try and make my way out there as much as I possibly can. Um at least once a year. Cool, yeah. man. That's what's up. So you grew up in the valley, then. So um, growing up in the valley, what were what were your early passions um, like, like as a kid um, out here? I mean, were you playing sports, or what, what was that, what was that looking like for you? Um, yeah, I played baseball for like nine years. Okay. Um, as far as like early passions, like um, definitely my my brother was uh, someone that I kind of lean it onto a lot because he was just always doing all this cool stuff that I wanted to do as well. We we got into like BMX okay. riding and like nice. I was like trying to get into skating and stuff, but was never really good at it. It was better using handlebars. Unfortunately I became a scooter kid for a while. Nice. Um but yeah and then really he he showed me a lot of like early on music 
of how I even got into hip hop. Like he introduced me to um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> like my first ever album I listened to was uh, East 1999 oh, Internal. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I would say like a lot of that and then kind of growing up in that era of like MySpace mm -hmm. and uh, listening to like 3-6 Mafia, you know, 50 Cent, Eminem and that kind of stuff. Um, that was definitely like being a white kid in suburbia and Gilbert, I think it was kind of interesting for me to fall in line with that kind of music. Yeah, for sure. Like the G unit, like, like. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of it was probably from like MTV, VH1. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I wanted to kind of touch on because um, I know hip hop was uh, kind of your main thing when you were shooting music videos um, yeah. heavy. So I'm glad that you brought up, you know, those hip hop artists and these are obviously classic artists you know oh, yeah. at this point they're goaded you know um so <laughs> it's um yeah because I, I similar you know very very similar i grew up with you know r&b hip-hop um that was my my style for sure so um because i remember being a kid just like you're saying you know 2003 2004 watching uh, mtv top 20 countdown every morning yep. in the summer type just so you were watching music videos like that too. oh yeah like before school um almost every day before school i'd watch vh1 jumpstart nice, and yes. i would always watch music videos and whether if it was like metal or like rap or pop or anything like they were showing everything yeah and that would just watching all those music videos um really just i don't know there was just something about them like wow they're like visually telling like a story or like visually putting a song out yeah. um and yeah it was i I miss old MTV. Let's just set that straight. For sure, dude. <laughs> the way and, it is now is trash. But. Dude, absolutely. And it's like when it was music television, you know, yeah, exactly. it wasn't just like reality television. <laughs> exactly. It's turned into like E! News. Well, maybe not E! News, but it's like, yeah. It's, it's like just the, reality TV the whole time. And ridiculousness. Yeah. It's just ridiculousness <laughs> and reality TV <laughs> no, shows. No. Rob Deerdeck has them. Like, by the balls. By the balls, for sure. <laughs> he just owns that network. It's like 75% ridiculousness, I swear to God. It's like any time of the day you turn it on, it's ridiculousness. That's just a copy of Tosh.0. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, oh, but thunder again. Yeah, dude. It is thundering in Arizona right now, and it's freaking sunny. I, I don't know what's like going on. Um, but yeah, dude, back in the day, music videos were like a, a rite of passage. Like you needed music videos for your singles. Like, and that was like what attached people to the song. And like, I remember like there's certain songs that like, it's like burned in my mind, like the music video, like Ludacris Get Back, uh, 50 Cent Candy Shop, um, shit, 50 Cent In The Club, um, a lot of visual storytelling going on oh, yeah. in those early days and it was just like it was so important and like labels were investing in like music videos and that was like a really big thing so it's kind of shitty to see it like to now where it's like a dying art in a way where it's like if you're not like a major artist like you're probably not gonna like invest in a music video yeah. because it's not like a worth like it doesn't seem like a valuable investment anymore to someone that's no. not a major artist and i can agree and um sad to say like that's i'm kind of shooting myself in the foot here but i strongly agree that like music videos are kind of a dying market yeah i mean maybe not so much for mainstream or like established artists but especially if you're trying to get your name out there and and build yourself up from the ground up like i would say music videos aren't necessarily like a top priority that people should be focusing on yeah for sure just more so making like 
content for the music, but not necessarily music video altogether. Yeah. Um, so because it is still like there's still something to be said about making like reels for your music and like still promoting it with yeah. some video to some degree, but like a full on fully produced music video is not necessarily for like a local artist. It's not necessarily like. I don't know, a good investment. Yeah, I mean, but it also depends on like how, how what you make of that music video. Like I, I would say with vert, like vertical video is just so, right. it's it's in right now, it's hot. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not really, because I'm a film guy, like I think there's like a difference between wanting to be more social media oriented or something more artistic like, but I would say with music videos, like, you instead of just getting the music video, you have to focus on like, okay, let's get the behind the scenes of that music video. Let's get um, snippets of that music video to promote it by making those reels or those shorts and stuff. Mm. But um, I would say that you can still do music videos, but I would say with the amount of money that it costs to actually make something good, you're probably best off like just making a bunch of real content and get them done professionally yeah and if there is that one song that's like you know what this is like my best song and i really want to tell a story from it then i would say it's probably appropriate to do like a well produced music video for that one absolutely and then taking like you were saying using it almost as like a um, not the only thing like creating supplemental content behind that video like like you said bts content snippets of the video to promote it before yeah. it comes out doing that whole thing like don't just do the music video and then like Try like and just release try it and one day, it. you know, like and it's like if you don't say anything about it, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Just like release it with the song and then it flops. Like that's like not how you do it for sure. Yeah, because you need a whole slew of content to pr promote that music video. And yeah. like that should the music video, the full length music video should be the last thing you post. You should right. be teasing your um, fan base and like really getting people to hyped up to watch that music video. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, that, I think that's kind of why I haven't really done it as much lately um just because there's really there well there's really not much of a demand of it first of all yeah. um and secondly it's i don't really see um a huge future with it yeah in my in my humble opinion but yeah and that's i guess just where the entertainment industry is right now and uh, that's just because of the uh, the quick um what's that like a uh, attention span like the yeah. short attention spans it's just like people absorb content so quickly and then like chew it up spit it out like mm -hmm. so it's just like it's almost like the time and money that you're investing to create this ends up not necessarily being worth it on both sides yeah <laughs> you know? and i would say like certain people can be very successful with music videos like i mean if we look at um lyrical lemonade they're oh yeah a prime example of like sure. um people are hyped up to see like what Cole brings next but another example would I would say ASAP Rocky oh yeah you know yeah he's, for sure I think for years that guy just working with his group of Algae like they've they've developed such a unique look to their yeah. music videos and him being an independent artist on his own label like they he always wants to be that creative and to where people were always complimenting the music video. And every time Aesop Rocky drops a music video, at least for me, I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to watch that. Yeah. Because I already know I'm probably going to like the song. So it's like, I want to see what this music video looks like. Absolutely. And that's that's an artist that really like cares about that. And yeah. there's still some artists that care about bringing that visual art to life. Like, 
Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because there's one standout one of his that always stood out to me, LSD. Oh, yeah. That music video is insane. And I feel like Definitely that, revolutionary at that time. For sure. At the time, there's so many like different techniques that he uses, like the with the mirror and like the effects that he used and um, the kind of like the trippy kind of stuff. And that whole music video almost like uh, gave that song an identity for real, where mm-hmm. it's just like when I hear that song now, I see the visuals from the video in my head, which is like, that's what MTV did back in the day. So I'm I'm glad to see major some major artists you know still taking that effort and putting that time in and really doing it on that level. Uh, oh yeah. But yeah, I mean it is like um, the lower you get in notoriety, I guess that's when like the music videos become less and less like uh, worth it for you. Um, it seems like nowadays, like I don't see like any local artists really pushing music videos like that. Like a lot of them are just posting like social content and like reels and yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we we got to bring back music videos. We <laughs> bring really back do. horizontal music videos. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's make videos horizontal. Again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the classic. <laughs> let's get off our phones and start watching things on our TVs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, bro. Um, so we talked about music videos, um, but uh, watching like movies in your house, was that something um, big? Were you guys watching a lot of movies growing up? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I like we would have a wide variety of, of VHS collection. My mom collected uh, a lot of Disney movies. Mm. Um, and my, my aunt, uh, she lives in Moab. I swear she had, at the time, she had like two full walls of VHS tapes. And there was no, every time we go there in the summer, there wasn't really anything else to do besides, like, you know, like go ride the four wheelers or, um, go out in nature and whatnot. But like, if you didn't want to do that and want to kind of hang out, like you're really just subjected to go watch some videos or yeah. not videos, movies. Right. And, um, so yeah, I would say like, I'm definitely a huge movie nerd growing up. Um, you know, like dumb and like, I would love like watching like dumb and dumber, like a lot of comedy movies. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, very like thriller esque movies. Mm. Uh, I would say like the like um, the Born Ultimatum is definitely a big one for me. Nice, that series, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, um, um, I would say like Quentin Tarantino. Like, I watch. I remember watching Pulp Fiction at like I don't know, like ten years old or something Damn. like that. Like I was like, because that was that was a kind of the beauty of hanging out with my brother. He he didn't really care what I watched. Like I I was able to be exposed to like some pretty mature things at a young age but yeah um no i i think movies are definitely like essential uh to be a part of if you're wanting to like expand your visual creativity yeah for sure man and especially like in that time like movies were a little different back then like i feel like um there's a lot of cult classics when you're Mm -hmm. growing up um like pulp fiction you know that came out in the 90s i think yeah um for you to see that at 10 is so funny how old how much older is your brother by the way um it's like six years older oh yeah for me. sure that makes so sense. he was He's like, like a, he was like a sophomore yeah. in high school yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> so he was he He's was smoking weed <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like he he definitely was like the weed smoker like um and just didn't really give a shit about like my my parents my mom tried to like um not like not really allow us to be a part of like listening to like rap music or yeah. watching like gruesome like uh, mature movies or whatnot but um every time you know she was like asleep or like wasn't in the house like we kind (laughs) of 
you know when the cat's go. away the mice will play that's what they <laughs> exactly just like oh shit i think mom's coming in <laughs> yeah. turn that go, off go, go, go. Put, put on put on cinderella yeah. put on land before time right now <laughs> put on land before which time. Is, speaking of it. that is actually like one of my number one childhood movie series For like, sure. like the Little land before Foot. time yes yes dude such a uh. great like children movie series like i love so wholesome that, yeah. dude yeah for sure i remember being a kid loving that movie too bro oh. it's yeah and that's what i what i mean where it's just like those movies like i feel like some of those and like early kids animations like they don't make movies like that anymore sometimes oh. you know it's like there's been a couple movies that i've seen um like kids movies later on like the good dinosaur that's actually a really fucking good movie never heard of it um it's like a pixar movie or something like that oh, but it's okay. just like kind of gives me that like that same like land before time vibe which is like super wholesome story but also like funny and like action kind of but it's funny I'm talking about Land Before Time. Like I don't even really <laughs> remember it because it was so like I was so young when I saw it. But I remember loving it though. Like I remember I remember it being like a big part of my life too. So oh yeah, Toy yeah. Story too. Shout out to Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Toy Story, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. Um, so music videos and movies. And then when did you like uh, pick up your first like camera? And was it like a like a film disposable camera? Or, like what um, what was your first uh, exposure to that? Um, so I started video in high school. Um, there was a trade school that we had called Evit. Um, okay. Is that a, like an, um, it's in Mesa. Stand for something? Does it... Um, East Valley Institute of Technology. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's what it's called. <laughs> nice. Um, and then I originally went there for culinary, hated it. They straight up treated us like as if it was a Gordon Ramsay Kitchen Nightmares episode. <laughs> um but i yeah exactly (laughs) like we're like 15 years we're like 16 years old and like jesus christ (laughs) relax why are you yelling at me right now like this is just an elective like relax (laughs) um but i didn't like it and then um my buddy uh that i was hanging out with at the time was doing the video production thing and he's like oh dude it's such an easy class all we do is watch movies and we don't even really do anything nice and i was like okay that sounds that sounds chill i want to do that and um lo and behold i actually end up really liking it that's awesome (laughs) and but i went to uh sec and and to answer your question i haven't bought a camera at all during this time and i went to sec and i mostly just did uh screenwriting Mm. i wanted to i wanted to like write and direct rather than like film and but I eventually I got my associates dropped out because I was like, you know, what? I'm not going to spend money on a film degree when I can essentially go do it on my own. After watching so much YouTube over the years, I was like, you know, there's so many other people doing this. Like, I don't need a film degree to go do this unless right. I wanted to go work on a film set. That's one thing. But um, I end up selling my dirt bike and I bought my first camera which was this like it was a film camera it was like a lot of what people use for like skateboarding but i i bought it it was a canon gl3 i think that's what it was but um it like took eight millimeter tape built-in microphone stuff like that and i was starting to use that and um i was mostly just filming me hanging out with my friends and stuff because they would play music they're like and play guitar and uh drums and stuff and then a few times when we would take shrooms um i would bring the camera and document our trip yes, um dude. really 
weird looking at that footage when <laughs> the next day. Of course. Um, but, and then I read, eventually got rid of that. And I, I think the camera that really started things out uh, when I really started doing music videos and stuff is I eventually bought a Canon T4i. Oh, nice. And which is the Rebel series? Yeah. Everyone would like usually start on that. Yeah. And then, yeah, just kind of started film, like really filming from there. Dude, that's so cool that there was like those early sparks of like even using that little GL3, like just kind of filming your your buddies playing music. You yeah. Know, where it's kind of like, oh. Yeah, like, we were just like cracking jokes, like just them eating like a little Caesar's pizza. It was like, I was like essentially vlogging. Yeah, like, vlog yeah, just for yourself though. Like, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't even going anywhere. Like, I was like yeah. the dad, like, record, like, it's like the dad recording his kids, like, take their first step. Like, that's kind of how for I sure. felt when I was using that camera. Hell yeah, dude. I, it's, it's still nostalgic though to think about because I remember like the high eight tapes, like, the, yeah, that's a high eight millimeter, or whatever. Um, and the GL3, if I'm not mistaken, that has like the handle on it, right? Yeah, it has like yeah. the handle. It's like essentially like kind of what you would see, like, people that like film skate videos yeah for sure I mean, like the vx 1000 yeah, kind of style that, yeah and that, i didn't have the big old fish eye oh, but um yeah it was essentially like kind of similar to that yeah totally dude that's so cool um yeah so that was uh that was in high school then when you when you kind of officially started doing that yeah well, when i actually started filming i was that was probably like right after i graduated high school okay when you got like the t4i and um started yeah like um i started filming um, that's when I started, I had a new group of friends and they were like rappers and stuff. And mm. I was starting my brand under society around that time. And cause I wanted to create some sort of platform. Yeah. And it, my buddies, you know, they were just like freestyling, rapping and stuff. And I would just like bring my camera over and just film them and, um, no microphone, no, nothing else. Like literally just a camera and batteries and an SD card. And, um, and then just kind of went from there. We started to um, we started to kind of join forces, and we made a collective under my brand name. And so it was essentially like I'm the cameraman, they're the talent. I think there was like six of them. Um, and then I brought like a buddy of mine named Pseudo and like a buddy of mine named Brian into the mix, and we were just making these music videos and just like ciphers essentially mm. like these freestyle videos and stuff we were just like documenting as much as we could and just putting them out there on the internet on facebook so. yeah for the love too when it's just like when you really like didn't know if anything would come from it it's no. just like let's just put this out there exactly yeah just because you could just because you have you the could. ability to you know yeah. you, you had no ego at that point you had no um you didn't really care about getting paid you just cared about like you know how this is something i want to get into I'm just going to put my 10,000 hours in, I guess. For sure. And without even knowing it at the time, you know, no. like without even like constantly thinking, thinking about, about it like about that. that. Yeah. Stuff. You're just like, this is fun. Yeah, exactly, dude. And that's like, that's what really, that's, I feel like where you make your most progress when you're doing it like for the love, when you're like not thinking about like money and you're not thinking about comparing no. yourself and not thinking about views, you're not thinking about all these other metrics that like deter you from the creativity. Exactly. Um, so I love that you did that. So that was under society, that collective. Um, is that what you call? So that was what you called it? Is that kind of what, what it was? That's what it originally was like to kind of backtrack a little bit. Like it first started with just me trying to showcase anyone that was creative, kind of like what you're doing on this podcast a little bit. But I was like wanting to make like and Instagram and like YouTube of like me filming and sharing people's like artwork or like people's skills, like 
even if they like juggled or something or mm. if they were like a painter or if they did like um sculpture or anything like that it wasn't really geared towards music but then like obviously like some music and stuff was, was involved as well and then once i met my buddies or started hanging out with my buddies um they were all just like into hip-hop and rapping so i was like you know what let me just start filming this stuff nice. and then then they eventually undersighted just kind of turned into like a hip-hop thing um, okay because once i stopped like we all kind of had a falling out because we all just had creative differences. It just didn't really work out. I went kind of into my own direction with Under Society and just kind of made my brand into more of like a local platform. And so from there, I started going to like random shows. I remember adding just a bunch of people on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't really know anyone. I was growing up in Gilbert. And there's not really many rappers or people that like, for like in that realm in Gilbert. For sure. And... I just started adding all these random people and I met these guys called Guild. They're like a group of producers and they would perform at Tempe Tavern um, like once like once a month, every like Thursday. And I was just starting to film that stuff and like kind of meeting new people, doing more, more of my thing of just like filming and just set, making edits for them and just like, hey, here, here you go. Yeah. Post it, do whatever you want to do with it. And... And then from there, I started to get more people to hit me up about like shooting and stuff. And I, then I started making, but there was like other things I wanted to start doing. I wanted to make like a series. So I started making a cypher series. Nice. That was back to those roots. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of really where my brand took like a, I guess a turn to where like really started to get some notoriety. Mm-hmm. And I would just like all the people that I've met and all those people I've added on Facebook over the years. I would, you know, and all the shows I went and all the connections I made, I would just get four people that I thought were pretty dope. And I'd get a few producers, the four rappers would choose which beat they want to do. And we would just film it. And mm-hmm. I always, I wanted the episodes to look different each and every time. And like one location, we're in downtown Phoenix, another location, we're in the rim and Payson. Um, and, that was a really cool series and I wanted to treat it like a TV show because I was a big fan of Team Backpack at the time. Do you remember Team Backpack? I don't. Not right off top. No. Oh, no. I wish they were still around. They were there was like a freestyle platform where they would get they'd they'd be national, even global with it, where they just get like a bunch of local acts to like compete with each other in this like cipher battle. Damn. And that was a huge inspiration I had at the time for that. And um yeah, I was like trying to make like an actual show for it. And we were getting like really good notoriety locally with it. And it was it was awesome. And yeah, I've been trying to revive it, but I just eh, hasn't really come around. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool that it kind of came full circle in that sense where like the cypher, because uh, that's kind of like you were starting with like that stuff. And then it kind of came back to that stuff like. Uh, like doing the cypher series, like with your homies. It's like that's kind of like the... Um, like the roots, like that hip hop roots, like really taking hold and like that's that's that embodies it right there, like the Cypher series. Yeah. That that hip hop roots. Yeah, and uh Cyphers were I mean, Cyphers are still kinda dead right now. For sure. Even at that time, like no one was really posting Cyphers. Like Team Backpack was like the top one, or you look forward to the XXL Cypher or maybe the BET Awards, but um there wasn't really like an like another un, like an underdog trying to prop something like that up for sure i wish i could have gone further with it but 
I don't know. I guess ego got into play. <laughs> hey, man, it's all good. It's, you can still bring it back someday. Someday. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of, when you were talking about, kind of reminded me of, uh, you know, like Wild and Out. Oh. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like a cypher show. That one is a little bit more like uh, televised. Televised. And but Wild like, and Out is like written. You that, know what I'm saying? That, that show is so awesome. I mean, it's just like a mixture of like comedy and like a live performance and like entertaining a crowd exactly. and stuff. Like I, I yeah. love that type of environment. Yeah, dude. So it's it's like a little bit more of like a... Yeah, it's it's a little bit more than just cipher, but like yeah. when uh, when I, when we were talking about, I kind of it brings me back like when they because I used to watch that all the time when oh. I was first out back in MTV days. Um, but like the cipher was always like a big part of it, and they would just mm -hmm. be talking. I know, <laughs> and that, that's what I liked about it is like it it gave and I think what really um, inspired me to keep going with like the cipher series because we I think I made like nine of them or something like oh, that. Oh dang! So yeah, um, and. It was just so cool to like kind of see as like it got more notoriety, like people were wanting to be like, you know, I'm going in and I'm going to put my all into this. Nice. And it turned into like a, it actually really turned into like a competition and of like who could body the beat the best. <laughs> and yes, I don't know. I, and it just provided like, I think like things like that need to exist more in Arizona yeah. is like real, like friendly competition and people that can really like, something to just like look forward to like you're tuning into a like a tv station like yeah i don't know everyone's just really spread out and doing their independent thing but i think like things like that need to be more apparent for i guess our culture here to start uh, defining itself absolutely and i i agree dude and this is actually a conversation i had with uh chase warren and we were talking about how uh, the rap scene out here is pretty dang cutthroat. And it's no. like, you know, they, there's not a lot of support for each other in the rap scene um, a lot of times. Uh, whereas like maybe it's not necessarily like direct, like not support, like like I fuck you type shit, but it's like they just don't even like care to like yeah. build community. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like they just want to focus on what they're doing and then nothing else pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like in the rock community, it's like a little bit the opposite. Whereas like bands are trying to like collaborate with other bands they're like trying to get each other on shows like they're right. hitting each other up they're they're working together you know what i'm saying where it's like there's a little bit more of a community for lack of a better yeah. term so i think when you're talking about like getting people together in like a cypher and like having something for people to look forward to and almost build that community and that camaraderie in the same industry i think that would do so much for the rap community out here and if there was something that like people were actually like down for yeah and i think of course it would take a few of the the big hits out here to like push and like mm -hmm. try to get people in it you know like the futuristics of the, the like the <laughs> the valley you know what i'm saying where yeah. it's just like kind of the big rap guys out here um there's actually a um movement that my a few of my old buddies started um ben fly and um mostly ben fly but and de la prime as well they're they're building uh, have you ever heard of easy way to active <sighs> not right off top nope so that right is top. like because I actually listened to what uh, you and Chase were talking about, about the hip-hop community being cutthroat. And I agree to it for, to an extent that there is a lot of ego that comes in the hip-hop industry for sure, um, which can maybe explain the fact that people are kind of in it for themselves. So pose of the band um, side of the things, I would say it's a lot more humbling and people are, provide a lot more camaraderie, I would say, in the band community. But I, I am starting to see like certain things like respect the underground is something that's kind of been around for a while that has been 
um, a platform for here for years. And that's like the, they do the hip hop festival once a year. Mm. And then my uh, buddy Benji and De La Preen, they, they kind of have, they're starting to make their own kind of like platform in a sense. And it's like sort of a community. It's called AZ Way Too Active. They try and showcase like certain artists and stuff. Um, but I would, I would agree that not a lot of that exists. Yeah. There's only like select few that are doing that. For but sure. There is like some sort of community building, but it's definitely not, I wouldn't say it's probably the, nearly as where it should be at the moment. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that it's starting to take those types of moves in that direction because I've been, I've been pretty tapped out of the rap game for <laughs> a long time, but it's just like, uh, to be able to know that these things are happening and know that these communities are trying to be built. I think that's yeah. amazing because like, yeah, we were doing teammate market shows in like 2016. So, um, you know, that's, that's oh, I remember those long time, a uh, long time ago. Did you go to teammate market shows? No, no, I just I just saw what Marxist was doing with that branding and because um, I was well, I don't know if it was teammate marketplace, but I was actually interviewed by Marcus not too long ago, but I never I never went to the shows, but I did like the kind of the because I got to see like a lot of like the BTS and like what yeah. he was posting and stuff. And I was like, well, that's pretty damn cool. So, yeah, man. And that's like the community building that I think that you're probably mentioning huh yeah for sure um but yeah so it was just like the teammate marcus stuff back in the day i just remember just kind of being like uh it was tough like or we felt like we were like we were we were running an uphill race um in a sense where it almost felt like when we switched over to this modern it was like a lot easier to like get booked on shows and um yeah and and i guess uh this is another thing that i, I talked with timo yesterday and because oh, okay. he came on last night and um we were talking about how at one point we got a show with an artist that was uh, like a R&B artist and um, we literally booked the show and everything and we're teammate Marcus, but at this point we're teammate Marcus with the full band. So it's like rap with the full band. Mm -hmm. So we're still playing rap shows because we're a rap artist. Right, right. So we're not doing rock shows yet. But anyway, so we booked the show and um, on the day of the show, we're packing up everything and we're halfway through packing up the car. And then our manager, Amy, calls us and says, hey, like they're they're uh, they're pulling on the show because mm -hmm. you have a full band set up and they don't they don't they weren't expecting you to have a full band set up. So they're saying you can't play. So we literally had to like refund all the tickets that we sold. Oof. and cancel the show three hours before the show because the rap promoters didn't want a full band going on. Even though we played rap, they right. didn't want the full band. And that was like so disheartening to us where it's just like we're too rock for the rap community, but we're too rap for the rock community. Hey, Martians, real quick. I appreciate you taking the time to listen or watch wherever you are in the world. Over the last few months, the Martian family has grown so much. I could not be more thankful for all of my guests and every single one of you who continue to tune in every single week. Subscribers, ratings, likes, and comments all help us grow here on Mars. And it would mean the world. If you haven't already, please go to onmarspod.com slash subscribe to subscribe on YouTube. Like and leave a comment. Rate us on Spotify. All this good stuff helps keep the engine running to inspire Martians all over the world. P.S. Follow us on Instagram at onmarspod. Okay, let's get back to it. I'm not really into the hip, like the scene as much as I used to be, but I like to, I like to kind of show support from afar. Yeah. Um, 
because I, I mean, I had like during when I was like doing music videos and I was like really into that, like we had an amazing um, group of people that like really support each other. And I think those pockets still exist. But I also believe that like when it comes to like hip hop, I mean, just the way that hip hop is like structured by design, it is a lot of ego. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of like, you know, I'm the shit, you're not. Fuck you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, I don't know. I think, but I also think the older you get, hopefully the more humble you get too. So, um, yeah, I just remember, I, I, I was so blessed during the time because it was like 2016, 2018, like just all the people I met and all the things we were making and all the things that were going on. Um, definitely probably one of the biggest highlights in my career and in, in life, I would say. Just, yeah. I don't know. There's just so many people that I met that I'm I'm still talking to this day, and like I've met even like some of my closest friends from the hip hop community, and yeah. But yeah. I'm not really sure what it's looking like right now. I kind of just see bits and pieces of it now, for sure. And you were like in with your crew too, so it's just kind of like outside of like your people, and you know, it's kind of hard to know what's going on in the rest of that. Yeah, the the world, I guess, of a local Arizona hip hop. Yeah, <laughs> do you remember like the full moon festivals? No, I don't, bro. Okay, when was that? That was probably like around the time I'm talking about, like 2016, 2018. But like, okay. I remember that was like such a weird integration at that time in Arizona because it was like EDM mm-hmm. and like kind of. But we, there was also they were allowed. Like we knew Jonathan Luther that was running the whole thing, and he he literally made like his own local like Coachella, pretty much. Damn, and it was really big. I'm not sure where it's at now, but they would do they would allow like a hip hop stage there, and I just remember that community growing more and more in this like EDM environment. But we had our own little pocket of like yeah. hip hop there, and if if people that are watching this and they know what I'm talking about. You knew it was a great time. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, dude. I love that. And I think more of that needs to happen because I think like Phoenix metro area is growing so rapidly Especially right now. Especially after COVID. Especially after COVID, for yeah. sure. So it's just like the population's growing, the city's growing, and I think the culture is developing more and more and more. Um, even though some people might argue that there's like a lack of culture, I think there is. It's just a I conglomerate of people from all different parts of the nation like a lot of people in arizona that i've met are not from arizona yeah um, i get that which is yeah it's kind of funny it's like a lot of my friends are from arizona but just like other people that i've met i just know so many people that are living creative people i know aren't from arizona right yeah Yeah. it's almost like they come here they're like rent's cheap there it's hot as balls but i'm gonna go over there yeah there's (laughs) there's mixed reasons it's just like a lot of people come from the east they're like Fuck the cold. Yeah. The desert, dog. Yeah. And then they get, then they experience their first summer and like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I, uh, I'd rather be 115 and sweating my dick off than have like negative 10 and like freezing my balls off. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's, it's different, bro. So you can always cool off. Like, you could also get warmer, but I mean, I could. I would, it would suck to like be snow, like shoveling snow off your car or like muggy days. Like I feel like living in like a place like Portland or Seattle would be kind of rough after a while. Like I love rain, but after a while I could be like, this is fucking depressing. Agreed. No, (laughs) yeah, it would for sure. Like dark, dark skies, no sun. It's like, nah, dude. Some vitamin D. Yeah, dude. AZ is like 
clear skies, palm trees, mountains. Yeah, dude, it's paradise, it bro. Could be, like like today, it could be like complete daylight and it's just thunderstorms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like bipolar ass weather here. Yeah, you never dude. know what you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, we're. I mean, we're technically in monsoon season right now. I think. Yeah, and it's been weak as shit. That's true. There's only been a couple couple spurts. <laughs> uh, uh, but. So um, I want to talk about um, your creativity because you have a very unique style uh, when it comes to your creativity and your music videos. Okay. And um, it's, you know, you're using animation, you're using uh, visual effects, you're using other editing tools to kind of um, kind of show a different side than rather just the video itself. Um, you're like kind of adding these elements to create that uh, almost like standout video versus like the rest of the, 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 I don't know, the community, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, was that intentional? Like, did you add those things in like, because you wanted to kind of stand out and kind of add these extra visual elements just to kind of be something different? Oh, 100%. I mean, um, when I started out, like I always, I, I was always wanting to like surprise myself of like where I can go with it. And a lot of the people that I either looked up to or like saw people locally of what they were making, like I always wanted to stand, like like you're saying, like I always wanted to stand out. Um, and I really got into like visual effects early on. And I wanted to mass, a lot of people master their like filmmaking skills, but I always try to master my editing. Yeah. I can, I always like, I would say a majority of my career is like turning a dog shit into like a polished turd because <laughs> the footage would like be ass but like as long as the edit's good like it's a pretty decent video um, but I really got into like visual effects by um, a lot of YouTube tutorials oh really nice yeah. so all self-taught all self-taught like wow. pretty much everything I did is self-taught like all Damn. all like YouTube University because like keep in mind when I went to college like and like when I was doing school to eve it like i was learning like the fundamentals of film like because we were using premiere pro at that time as well nice so i got like to know the basics of things but where i really learned how to do things is just trial and error just me doing it myself um and then finding it out on youtube it's like how do i how do i raise the volume in premiere or how do i how do i make this transition in premiere um or after effects and stuff like that um and i think once because when i was doing that, I was learning visual effects, but then then I stumbled across the one and only Cole Bennett. Of course. And that's where I was like, oh, it's working for him. I want to try learning how to do stuff like that as well. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like at that time, it really, visual effects really accented hip hop music, I would for say. Sure. Because um, I wasn't really too into like the storytelling and trying to get like extras and actors and stuff like that. I just wanted to make cool looking visuals yeah um and yeah a lot of it was just trying new things and always just trying to provide like a new taste to my videos i was never content with what i was making yeah I i'd always judge myself <laughs> yeah i mean you're, you're your biggest critic as a creative i feel like you're always going to be your biggest critic 100 it's so cool that all of this was all like youtube university like whenever mm -hmm. you had a question or something you had in your head you're like well how do i do this and exactly it's just like just looked it up and there's a video on it you yeah know? like i'm not gonna lie like i'm didn't like pioneer anything i was just like dude i i want to i want to learn how to do that I'm going to find out how to do that. Yeah, and you did it. And, and I did it's, it. It's like, I think that's the cool thing where it's like <laughs> some people might see these things and like, oh man, that looks so like crazy. Like I, there's no way I'll be able to ever to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Versus like 
well, what's the first step? You know, well, like, yeah, exactly. Like, like, well, what's the first thing I can do? Yeah, exactly. To get me in that direction, at least, you know, because I think like, um, like the animation specifically, I feel like that's something huge, like adding those little tiny like details into the video. Like you said, it really accents the, the oh, music. Yeah. Um, so it's like, uh, so were you doing like uh, keyframe stuff or was it more like packs, like template stuff or like what kind of, um, what were you, what were you using? So when I first started, like I was like, when I was really starting to dive in at after effects, like you kind of learn like certain things like rotoscoping, which is like highlighting certain things on the video, like the subject itself or something in the background and keying it out. Like masking. Yeah. Like masking yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And, um, even though it's such a pain in the ass because you have to do it frame by frame. Yeah. <laughs> but um, then you learn other things like 3D tracking, like how can I track a certain asset to move with the footage? And so there was this website that I used a lot at the time called productioncrate.com. Um, if you're watching this and you want to learn basic things about 3D compositing, Go to productioncrate.com. <laughs> this is we'll not a, their, it's not a sponsor. <laughs> this is not a sponsor. But their that, website is right here, though. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I kind of first started because like there's a lot of things that they were able to offer. They were able to offer like explosions and like lightning uh, and like nice. um, all these like transparent pre-made animations. Because I didn't really make anything from scratch when it came to like the actual animations. I was more so compositing things. Yeah. And then you would use 3D tracking and then a little bit of rotoscoping. So if you want something to appear behind the artist or, you know, in front of them, you know, you would do according so. Um, and then from there, I I mean, I don't really do that kind of visual stuff anymore. Like right. as far as that kind of effects, right. a lot of things I use now are like asset packs and like um, a lot of texture overlays and things like that. Um, but then I started getting into like other things of like, how I can film to accent my editing. So mm. I would do certain things like shooting at a low shutter speed, getting that blurred look, or doing like whip pans with my camera and um, essentially, and then like crash zooms and like all these things of like how I can make the footage accent to like what I'm, what I'm going for. Yeah. Um, Cause I remember when I first got a gimbal, oh my gosh, if, if you buy a gimbal, and it's your first one, that's like all you're using the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> then you start to get sick of it. You're like, oh, I don't really want to use this anymore. Um, but I remember using the gimbal a lot, which was which allowed me to do a lot of that compositing because I'm getting that smooth, buttery footage. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just, and then it just kind of went from there. And just, uh, I would always watch music videos of like from Brother or like ASAP Rocky, like, brother was like a huge inspiration for me i don't know if you know who they are they're a they're a group like a, they're like a visual production group a duo actually they did um the goosebumps video for travis scott oh okay um and they did like the weekend um i think it's like in the night or something but they they have a huge like inspiration from like japanese films mm. and like um they they do insane amount of effects, but they have like a really RGB trippy look to it. And they also incorporate a lot of sound effects into their videos. And that's something that I really got into because I feel like sound effects can really make videos pop as well. If you're having a certain transition happen, you got to have some sort of whoosh or some sort of thing to accent that. Like if there's a picture, if there's like a shot of like birds flying in the air, you got to get like the wing flaps and the yeah. flopping of birds. And it kind of immerses you more into the music video. So it's like, as time went on, I just started incorporating those little things like, okay, visual effects, um, 
you know, camera work, com composition, you know, and then like sound effects and, um, yeah, and just constantly just trying to elevate that even more and more. Yeah, it's so cool that you were doing that with like music videos, but like you were filmmaking, you know, and like at that point, like that was, that's film, like yeah. you're, you're like making films really, like yeah. using like uh, like those those tools um, and like even the things that you're talking about, like these are things that are done in like full scale production films, like uh, using rotoscoping, using uh, like uh, um, the uh, sound effects and like being able to immerse you into the, into the video with the sound effects and like these are just like classic like cinematic yeah. elements that you're adding into your music videos that's every time you're doing another music video and you're adding them it's just like progressing yeah. more and more and more and i think with music videos like the filmmaking rules are meant to be broken yeah i learned like my knowledge of just filmmaking in general was so ass backwards um and typically you would learn about like how how, how to film how to light and composition and stuff like that. But I would just like, all right, I'm just filming whatever. I'm gonna learn how to do editing and then I'm gonna learn how to do visual effects. <laughs> and then maybe I'll go back into like learning how to do lighting. And then like, then I would learn how to do color grading. And so like my process was just like all over the place. Um, and I don't know, it just kind of worked out because I just knew that when you're not making like actual short films and stuff, break the rules for sure yeah <laughs> for sure and there was something that you talked about that i um that i want to kind of quick touch on where it's like you kind of focused on the edit versus like the filming of it yeah where i feel like that's such an important part to it where it's just like the edit is sometimes more important than the shot itself whereas like because you can shine up that turd to yeah. make it look good it's if you're good product. at editing um, and I yeah. did that intentionally i wanted to i wanted to be a stronger editor than a stronger filmmaker because I knew for a fact that editing was in demand. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot of people that film, but there's not a lot of people that edit as well, far edit as the, well. Yeah. or edit well. Yeah. And um, like right now, that's all I do. I'm just like a full time video editor. That's sick, I don't dude. I barely even touch my camera, sadly enough, but Dang. I yeah, I just edit. And I've I don't know, I've it's it's definitely allows me to, because I'd rather hone in on one thing than try and like be good at everything. Yeah. I'd rather try and be a master at one thing. Yeah. So I just wanted to just focus on editing, and um, yeah, it's 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 taken me pretty far from the type of projects I've been able to touch lately. Absolutely, man. And I think having that mindset of like kind of doubling down on what you're best at or what you feel most um, fulfilling yeah. with, you're fulfilled with I guess that's that's basically what you're doing and I think that's beautiful because you're still in the industry and it's just like you're not only in the industry but like you're getting yourself more known as an editor in the industry which is of course a, a lot more of like a a, a need in, exactly than someone to be behind the camera oh yeah I want to talk about uh, um, kind of that transition so you you started doing um, you kind of took a step back from the music video scene um, been for a couple of years now, um, but now you're getting into like more like um, digital marketing content for like corporate companies. Um, like I saw you did something with like was it was it Ford or was it yeah or, um, or, no it was a uh, sorry was I it, wish it was Ford it was a it was a car company right uh, you did yeah you, Function Factory Performance it was a, okay that's what it was it's, yeah, yeah it's like a local um, car performance drop shipping company okay. um and 
my buddy Charles, I, I've done work for him for years and um, he had this like arrive and drive program where he had this GT500 Mustang that was like pushing like, I don't know, four, probably like 500 horse. Yeah, and he was getting these like rich motherfuckers to like pay to like learn how to profession, do like professional racing. And so we made an ad that was um, to promote of like signing up for this program and driving this fast ass car. And yeah, it was, it was really dope because it was, it was shot beautifully filmed very well. Um, and they gave me the footage to edit and um, you know, I did my thing through some <laughs> visual effects and stuff, but like I was such a huge, well, I'm a huge fan of Ford, but I'm also a huge fan of like, uh, automotive commercials they're they're insane yeah like seeing like the new raptor commercial or um like hell even seeing like a mclaren commercial and stuff like they're just shot so beautifully and so engaging and um so yeah i i've been starting to get more into stuff like that of just helping companies and branding and like trying to make companies make more money with their with their visual content mm. um because at the end of the day, that's why I got in this industry it was to help people. Originally, it started with with artists and rappers. Like I wanted to help perpetuate people's careers, but now I'm kind of in more of a lucrative industry to where I can like edit and help companies or um, entrepreneurs build and scale their business, yeah. which leads to more sales and stuff like that. Yeah, and I guess that was uh, another question of, like on this topic. Whereas like that transition out of music videos and into that corporate space. I'm sure that you get a lot more money from the corporate videos <laughs> than you do from local artists doing music videos. Yeah, and it's definitely not as fun, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, but hey, it pays the bills. For sure. Um, I still get to be my own business owner. I can still like have that freedom. Um, and I think now it's like, because that's like really all I do. Yeah. I need to find that balance to do the things that I love to do which is like making films or hell making a music video because I'll be ma I'm actually directing one this weekend so it's like nice. I still get invited or like I still get music videos like on my lap sometimes to like edit or to direct um, but I just try not to make a focus on that as much because I, I need to expand my wings I need to learn new things yeah and I've learned a lot just from making stuff for like companies and like Oh man, I feel like all I'm making now is just reels, but yeah. <laughs> vertical content, just vertical content. But yeah. like, I'm learning new things. I'm I'm adding to the the entire editing bubble. Like, I'm becoming more versatile, which yeah. is at the end of the day, which is what I love. For sure, man. And you're scaling your business really. And yeah. It's like you've been in the game for almost ten years now, so it's just like you need to change and you need to evolve and you need to have different versions of yourself. Like even Cole Bennett. It's not like he's doing music videos necessarily all the time yeah. anymore. It's he's like making like ads and stuff now. He's doing ads. He's running Summer Smash Festival. Exactly. He's doing collaborations with Minions. There's so many other things that the Lyrical Lemonade crew is doing now yeah. than just music it's videos. It's pretty much an agency at this point. For sure. Exactly, <laughs> dude. It's exactly like that. Um, so it's like you're, you're in that same way where like you're just evolving the business. No. And that's just like that. this is where you're at now. It's just like you you had your history. You made your waves in the music video scene. And now now people come to you as like a OG. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like the old head now. <laughs> yeah, every, I and that's what's great is because I'm so glad that I did like make music videos and, and experience that in my life because there's 
because they're with i guess like with the quality or just like me people knowing like okay this guy isn't an average editor like he knows what he's doing yeah a lot of people do come to me and like hey can you can you make something for me real quick or like i get a lot of inquiries and i've always believe that like you'd rather have a demand than a supply i don't say yes to everything but um i just like the fact that i was able to build a name for myself like that to where people can go and they trust that i'm gonna execute what they're trying to do absolutely um people will ask me like do you know how to do this and i'll sit there and watch it at like slow motion i like if they send me like a youtube like i'll put that playback speed at like 20.25 and i'm really studying the edit and i'm like I've never done it before, but I'm sure I could figure it out. Yeah. So that's it's cool. a lot of it has just been a lot of problem solving too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's kind of a cool, um, a cool mindset to have where it's just like, I've never done this before, but I know I could figure it out and I know I could do it. It's like almost biting off a little bit more than you can chew at the time. And yeah. then you end up finding out that you can eat the whole plate, you know, exactly. like that type deal. Like, um, I remember a client recently, um, reached out to me and he was like can you make these super engaging shorts and it was like alex Ramosi style do you know oh yeah of course so it's like yeah. with the text and like the transitions all that stuff and the I was quick like, edits yeah and i was like i never really made it personally but i could figure it out and then so what i did and this is actually i would say this is good advice for anyone that's looking to pitch to a client um instead of he was he sent me footage he's like okay how, how about you take a crack at it and i was like okay and then I actually didn't even touch the footage that he sent me to like make an edit to. I wouldn't, I luckily had my own setup um, and I had like, um, like a camera, a key light and all this stuff like on my desk and I made my own. And so I po- I sent him this reel where it was like super comedic style, like super engaging. And it took me like a whole day to make. And I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to make it myself. Like I'm just going to make my own reel and send it to you. Just to show you that you can. Yeah. yeah. And just show off like all my skills. It was like pretty much like a video resume almost. Like there's visual effects or sound effects or subtitles. There's, you know, there's transitions. There's, and then, then they can see me like, okay, what does this guy look like? What's his demeanor like? And so, and then I sent that to him and he was like, he was just blown away. <laughs> it's like, okay. So it's like, I got so much work for you to do. Yeah. And so I would say if, if you have a client that's reaching out to you and asking if you can do something, go make it yourself and then show them that you're competent enough and like just blow their fucking minds. Like, and hell, you might get a client for life. <laughs> for sure. I mean, that's, that's such a cool, like, where it's just like, I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to show you. And yeah. that's basically what you did where it's just like, yeah, yeah, I could tell you that I could do this or I could just make one myself and then just send it to you and yeah. then <laughs> make you shit your pants. And the real, the, the <laughs> short itself was literally me giving a tutorial of how I made it. <laughs> it was like, hey, this is me making my first short and this is how I did it. Yeah. And then I'm just like explaining how I like setting up the microphone, setting up the light and like how I'm editing it in Premiere and like things I'm keeping out for is like audience retention, things like that, adding music and all that stuff. And I'm literally just showing him how I'm making it. It's just, I don't know. It was, it was really cool. And I think once I made that, um, I was like, damn, I kind of, that was really fun. I want to yeah. make that, <laughs> make more that. of those. And I was like, maybe I should start being in front of the camera more. So um, that's kind of something I'm getting into more is like, I want to start making a YouTube channel and good do like comedy stuff and like make reels and like make people laugh. And, 
but also entertain them at the same time. I love that you're doing that, dude. And I mean, uh, it's like this is going to come out in November, too. So it's like maybe by that time you'll already kind of be in that like <laughs> coming back to uh, the Internet. I just need to get out of my own way. Yeah, for sure, dude. <laughs> a lot of creatives are in that same world, you know, where it's just like uh, like uh, like Russ talks about a lot about that, where it's like that's his book name. Where it's like get out of your own Russ, way. Russ, the artist. The artist, Russ, yeah. 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 Um, just one of my biggest inspirations, but it's just like that's uh, you kind of look like Russ. I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. It's a okay. Lot. I get John Mayer. So. Hell yeah, dude! I can see that for sure. Um, but um, yeah, kind of like the getting out of your own way. That's definitely something like it's like you're your biggest critic always, and it's just like you're always gonna be like uh, you always got to kind of like just say fuck it, just do it, bro. And well, let me like, ask yeah. you because like because I from watching your previous episodes, like I remember like I think. Mark, uh, Marcus was saying something like, this is a long time coming. Yes. And you've kind of given me some background of like how he's helped you start this. Like, when were you like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. I'm going to start this. I'm going to make this podcast. And then now, like, what was it like when you first made your, like when you made your first episode and now how are you getting the habit of doing it each and every time? Starting out, I kind of told you off air a little bit, but like in March or April, um, that was like when I officially said like, I'm doing this after, you know, talking about this for two years plus with uh, people around me. And um, basically in my head, I was like, I want to bring people together where we can uh, have good conversations and inspiring talks. And it was going to be centered around creative people. And I didn't know what it was going to be called. I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. So I just started uh, acquiring gear that I didn't already have because I already had um, one camera and then one microphone. So I had to get a second camera, second microphone, lights, couple things, just um, these lights, like the, the RGBs and all that stuff. And because I wasn't sure what it was going to look like yet, but I knew that like I needed these elements to make it something. Start, to, yeah. to, to make it something. Exactly. To make it to the level that I wanted to make, like the production level that I wanted to make it at. So that is kind of what took some time. So like uh, in March is when I very first started and I didn't even have these lights um i don't even think i had the rgbs at the time i just had um like shitty amazon you know the twist on screw <laughs> yeah. lights with the 5600 kelvin but you knew what you wanted to look like and what it what the quality you wanted to achieve yeah the production level and like i knew that i wanted it to look good and like i didn't know what like the set was going to look like but but yeah so it kind of came down to like me filming like three or four test episodes with my homie akili shout out akili episode three oh, cool. um so he came over and uh he shot these test episodes with me and we did like i said like three or four before i realized like okay this this format might work and on that last one that we did that was when we were we were here and um yeah i think i technically recorded episode three first and um there was just like a way that i wanted to release it that he ended up being the third episode but anyways like that first episode that was like the first when i realized okay this this is the format right here and then it was like after that point i recorded the casey waters episode and then the marcus episode all within a matter of like five days like nice. i recorded three episodes within like five days so it was really quick like uh like um that this worked, I'm going to use this, this worked, I'm going to use this kind of deal. Whereas like every episode, things were getting changed um, within like the camera settings. Yeah. Um, like how like I trial would, and error. Trial and error, exactly. So I was kind of shooting things a little differently and um, just trying. And I think all three of those episodes had like completely different settings, different focal lengths. And like, I was just trying to find it. 
Um, but it's just like by that third or fourth one, I think it was Marx's um, Marx's episode. That was when I was like, "This is this is it." And I guess, um, hell yeah, yeah, man. And I guess just uh, yeah, it was one of those things where I felt like if I didn't do it now, then I would be kicking myself later for not doing it. Especially if I like continued to see other people do things in the same world like the podcast space yeah. it's, it's something i always obviously want to get into like anyone but it's like i wanted to get into it for a reason you know and like make sure there's like intention behind it and there's like real passion and authenticity and um, i wanted that to translate through the camera because i've uh, i've seen a lot of podcasts where they get into it for the wrong reasons and you know they're doing it just to just to have a podcast and just to like be out there which is for the hell of it <laughs> just for the hell of it and that's that's cool you know but like if you don't have like topics that you research and you don't like actually have like a format to the show and you're not like a i don't know someone already if you're like kind of like a nobody i guess and then you just try to start a podcast it almost like it almost has like a negative effect where it's like people kind of can see through the in inauthentic or inauthenticity i don't know where it's like they don't see th that this is like um I don't know, like, well, at least from a viewer standpoint, like, I can, I can see when people are doing it for the wrong reasons, yeah, and it's just like, like where it's like, I'm not getting much of this, like, like you're saying, it's not authentic. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just like it feels like they want to get into podcasts because they want to make money off of it or something mm. like that, with that kind of mindset. Yeah, even if it's not necessarily just for money, but it's like if it's for popularity or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like these are <laughs> the, the wrong, wrong reasons. reasons. Yeah, <laughs> so. <Show> me a coke. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, dude. Yeah, so I guess uh, that's a long answer. But it's just that's no. when I realized, like, that's like I gotta do this, bro. Well, the, I think the reason why I asked is because that's why I'm currently going through with the whole YouTube thing. Because it's it's hard for me to put myself out there like that. I'm so used to being behind the camera. Um, but I don't know. There's a there's a. I think my confidence has grown over the years a lot to where I'm like, you know what? I really want to like a lot, you know, try new things first off, but also um, be like be more than I think I can be. Yeah, know? absolutely, dude. And I think you surprise yourself when you start get when you get started doing this stuff, you're going to have that same revelation where it's just like after that first episode, you're going to know exactly what went right, what you didn't do right. And then that second episode is going to be miles ahead. Exactly. Third episode, it's like every time you're going to get better and better. And I think with you already having that, like that back that background yeah. it's I mean, gonna like, be, treat it like when i first started with video yeah and yeah. It's, it's just gonna be that much easier for you i think when you get into it and uh even the fact that you went through and made that real and that was fun for you like you're gonna start having fun with this new project and i exactly. I, I really do think that uh i mean this conversation is going great like you, you do well on camera oh, so thanks man of course so i think yeah you definitely need to get out there and, and do it bro I mean, yeah and i i said some certain things like my my buddy al um shout out to al if you're watching this uh, he's actually coming over to my house tomorrow and we're going to film our first episode and I'm not really sure where I'm going with it. Uh, I think it's, we're going to probably do some like reactionary stuff, but like I think he and I, we, we look, we look like polar opposites, but like we have very similar humor and I, I think he's such a talented individual and he's just, he's really funny as well. So we're just going to see what our chemistry is like and nice. just kind of go from there. Dope. So, is, is it going to be kind of like podcast style or like, is it more like, uh, it's literally just going to be like, cause I have a microphone kind of like this, like a shirt mic. Um, and it's just, it's just going to be us talking to a microphone camera on both of us, just one shot with a, just one key light. And essentially we're just going to be probably just reacting to dumb shit on online. Yeah. And, um, it's just going to cut to like the, the video and the screen recording itself. And 
just see what happens for sure but i want to add well, like video editing to like like 3d effects and stuff like if yeah if there was like a point where like i'm trying to like shed a tear like i want to do like a 3d like tear coming like yeah like i don't know i want to like add like visual comedy to it as well for sure dude and i think you can i think there's a lane for that and obviously you know you were doing that with like your music videos and kind of adding those extra layers in so it's like kind of doing that with this stuff yeah yeah i would favor it for sure for sure man and i uh yeah i kind of picture like um taking an approach of like uh almost doing like a i guess um like having things ready for the episodes like for instance like you load up like 10 videos and then home yeah. loads up like 10 videos and then you guys kind of just like, like let's talk these swap. stupid 10 tiktoks or whatever <laughs> yeah or whatever like the 10 whatever like or even like if you guys like whatever you guys are talking about it i think it might even be cool to kind of like um not talk about what you're going to talk about until you're together yeah, you know like, what i mean we just don't even know what we're gonna get into and yeah well like uh well like you can like make your own list of things that you want to get into he can make his list of things that you want to that he wants to get into yeah and i think that would make for cool content where it's just like almost like you guys are like uh like saving these things up to like show each other where it's just like and then talk about it yeah and it's kind of like uh that's that can be like somewhat that's a, of a, that's a good idea i think something like that because then we can surprise each other with what yeah. we're about to show each other right and that would be the idea where it's just like you guys don't talk about the episode until you're like going to go film it and then like you pull out your list he pulls out his list and it's like, like bro, where did you find this Al, what the fuck are you showing me right yeah, now exactly. can we even show this online <laughs> exactly dude yeah or just like you could even like um even if you're not necessarily showing things like if you like saw like an article or something over yeah. the last week that like is fucking crazy blast me like what the fuck? Yeah. yeah and then just kind of write it down put it in the note or whatever and like that would be kind of a cool yeah i think and i think as i do more it'll kind of define itself but yeah. um yeah when this comes out in november dylan hopefully you're fucking doing it <laughs> and if i'm not doing it no. get on it <laughs> we, we got we got some shit to talk about <laughs> <laughs> for sure dude no i'm sure you'll get on it dude i could no. i could see it you're already getting started with episode one so these tests that's what's going to get you in the right direction dude. yeah appreciate it of course man um yeah so uh something i want to talk about um you you've worked with other video creators in the area um yeah. you you know you you're in the scene very much so um so working with creators like um I guess like Jacob Owens is like, I guess one of the biggest ones I can think of right off top that you've worked with directly. Um, like we've only done one project together. Right. But um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on. But you did work with him. Yeah, we, I did work <laughs> with him. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's cool though. The reason why I bring it up though is because it's just like, uh, I wanted to, for you to talk about like the importance of like um, putting yourself out there first um, to get opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Saying yes to those opportunities and then crushing them. Um, so it's like, obviously you said you don't say yes to everything. But it's just like in a position when you know like, oh, this is a good opportunity. It's just like saying yes and crushing it. Like, oh, yeah. It would have been stupid if I uh, didn't say yes to that project. Um, honestly, I would like it. When I, uh, my buddy uh, Ronnie, I was actually responsible for making that connection happen. Um, I think Jacob Owens posted something on Instagram like, hey, I need an editor to give me like a one day turnaround on this project. And then Ronnie sent me that post and he was like, hey, you should hit him up. I reached out to him and I was like, hey, I'm interested in the job. And then he just asked like for like a reel or just like some examples of what I've done. So I sent him a bunch of stuff and he was like, okay, perfect. You're hired. And I was like, oh, that easy? Oh, okay. Um, but 
Yeah, it was, um, I was, well, one, I said yes to it because it was Jacob Owens. You right. know, I thought that would be a great connection to establish. And two, it was for the NFL Players Association. I was like, that looks good on my resume as well. And um, I remember they were, as they were shooting, the day they were shooting, um, him and Sam King, his director, they were shooting um, at this place in downtown Phoenix where all the rookie players were at. And they just asked if I want to come by and like check out the shoot and just like get more of an idea of what they're doing. And um, yeah, I w- drove over there first thing uh, the next day and um, yeah, just like chopped up with them, was saying hi, like, oh, hey, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me a part of this project. And um, then we got some footage. Well, they g- they gave me hard drives to get the footage and stuff, and oh, that was a that was a doozy of the project because I had to make like eighteen or twenty reels, um, which sounds easy, like <laughs> on I mean, like face yeah. value, but like <laughs> eighteen twenty is a lot. <laughs> and but it they had it was like a collage setup to where they had like these PNG images that were split in four corners and stuff, and like they were filming these players in like a photo shoot setting. And having them posing, doing all these different posings, and the NFLPA was just using it as marketing material for each of these players. And so I was, oh man, I probably busted them out in like 10 hours. And I was probably up to like two o'clock in the morning. And it was like a one, I had to do it in like one day. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it was definitely like mentally hard to push that. But like, I just knew for a fact, like, Dylan, this is. 100% worth it because and then I remember when I sent the first couple ones like Jacob was like dude these are awesome great job and just hearing that from him I was like that's awesome and yeah. um yeah just started banging them out and then he was like hey can you do a few more he's like you know I gotta you know take care of my family I was like yeah no problem dude no worries like <laughs> not to be a fanboy I was like but anything for you Jacob <laughs> but um yeah it was that was a really cool opportunity and yeah. hopefully I get another chance to work with him again. I'm sure you will, dude. And it's like, you're, you're in there now. It's like, yeah. and I think that's kind of like the reason why I brought it up is because had you not taken that advice to reach out to Jacob from your friend sending you that post, you would have never got that opportunity. No. So you would have never had the chance to say yes. You would have never had the chance to work with NFL Players Association. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, the importance of really like you putting yourself out there and like you being confident with your work, being like, Hey, I want the job. Here's what I can do. And like, he's like, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like where, if you would have never known, like if you would never done that, you would never known. And like you, it's like, that's that confidence is so important when it comes to like being successful as a creative. Getting out of your comfort zone, be like, yeah. And just tackling it head on. And I would say to add on top of that, like it's, that's really why it's very important to like make friends in this industry. Yeah. Um, and you know, constantly always trying to help each other out. I, I feel like I know we were talking about communities before between like the music, um, groups between rock and like hip hop, but there's, there's definitely, in my experience, there's definitely a really healthy, like film community. Absolutely. I would, I would agree. Like everyone's always sent like sending work each other's way or like asking like, hey, could you jump on this project or like, hey, what are your rates and stuff like that? Like my buddies, they're like surprisingly, I haven't had to market myself really at all. Like I've just been getting things handed to me from referral base 
And, you know, shout out to my friend Tyler Chandler and my my friend Ronnie Flicks Photography. You know, they they've helped me a lot. They've they've had a lot of work my way. And I try and do, make sure that they I reciprocate that energy, too. And um, I think that's just really important to just really be as genuine as you can with people and um, just making those connections for sure and maintaining them. Absolutely. And, and building those friendships genuinely, I think, is the key to that, too, where it's just like you're not doing like um, although like Jacob Owens was like an opportunity, like, oh, this dude is like massive. Like, I'd love to work with him. It was always like like uh, I'm going to like fucking crush this so that way like he knows that I'm like not bullshitting type yeah. deal versus versus like just like trying to like trying to get people to like step on them to like push yourself higher type of deal like a lot of people in like I don't know in the world not necessarily just in this industry or in creative industries yeah, but like, human oh, nature in human nature <laughs> there's a lot of people where their 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 mo their mission objective is to like use people and like step on their head oh, yeah. to like reach up a little bit higher you know what I'm saying and ego will be the your biggest downfall for sure like, dude. i i went through that um early on when everyone was like telling you're the shit you're you're so good like blah blah and like you try and humble yourself and because you are your own worst critic by the sense like in your subconscious you're like mm, kind of am the shit you know but then that that gets in your way to where you start to act like you're if you let it yeah. you start to act like you're better than people and i i learned that the hard way unfortunately but I, you know, obviously learn from that and I just try and cherish anyone I get to work with and people that offer me opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And that'll get you so much further. For sure, man. Not not burning bridges to light your way and like to think that's like a that's kind of the key with like a lot of creative industries in, in general, where it's like, especially if you're doing it in like a city, where it's like you can build like a local community like that. Like, I think that's so important versus oh, yeah. like, um, like people that don't have that, that local community where it's like, you need to build those connections in real life. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like person to person, it's like, um, be friends with these people and, and be, don't be a dick. Yeah, it's don't like, be a don't be a dick. Like, Only be a dick if they owe you money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, don't be a dick. <laughs> um, man, this has been amazing, by the way, bro. Oh, of I, course. Thank I, I freaking, I've been having a great time, it, dude. Yeah. Likewise, dude. Yeah. So, so one last thing, I guess. Um, what's the what's the main focus for video content moving forward? I know you kind of talked about getting into this new project um, and and is that kind of where where you're at and just kind of doing corporate stuff what, where you're where's your where are you at? Um, so right now like my main goal is um, was really just to establish client base and having because I'd rather have a few really uh, quality clients that keep me busy on a month to month basis. Um, and that's finally coming into fruition. And, um, so I just wanted to maintain and nurture those relationships as much as I possibly can. And so that way, you know, bills are paid. I'm good. I don't have to stress about anything. I'm not jumping from project to project. So I think that's now a reality for myself. Yeah. Um, I would say now that I've established that, I would say moving forward, man, I'd like to, uh, start showing my face, start developing a channel, start developing some sort of persona. Yes. out there developing some sort of community like people because i'm a really chatty guy like if you're my friend like i will stay on like i call people a lot and i just my friends are annoyed at me at this point because i just talk and talk and talk just like i'm doing in this podcast 
but I want to find a way to channel that on video. And I think just um, getting my voice out there, you know, finding a way to express myself and develop some sort of community of people that can, you know, either inspire or entertain or whatever, that's the ultimate goal. And if, if it grows and gets big, then I want to see how I can use that platform to help other people. Yeah. You know, like if a buddy's music is like he wants to get pushed, if I want to use that for like an intro of my video or something like it. I, I just want to find a way of how I can build myself up to help other people because that's the ultimate dream I've always had. Yeah, man. So. And it's like building that community is like where it starts too, where it's just like you can almost use that community to serve others. Um, yeah. I love that, dude. And I, and I think that's a, a great goal of yours, especially now that you've come to that point of like comfortability with your clients and like you have your your people that are keeping your lights on. And um, so you have that flexibility to like mm -hmm. go into almost like a passion project like that in a way. Yeah. Um, I'm so blessed of where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. How old are you? Um, twenty nine. Nice. So you're still young, dude. And it's still like there's still young. there's still a lot of time like for you to grow, which is crazy. It's just like you've done so much in your twenties that it's just like now your thirties are set up to be like yeah the man, dude. Dude, I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, course, I dude. I I hope I I mean someday kids and wife and stuff like that will come around the corner one day. But for right now. We just want to have fun. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, I love to hear it, man. I'm I'm so glad that we were able to take this time and kind of push this uh, this new newfound like a face on the internet because it's like you're Thanks. you're never on the internet, bro. So, <laughs> so let's get you out there. Let's let's push people to you, man. So everybody, go follow Dylan uh, at Visual Shooter on Instagram. Um, do you have a website that you want to push people to at all, or um. um well, I am going through a slight rebranding, but if you would like to follow me on YouTube, it's just at Dylan Toon. That's D-Y-L-A-N-T-O-O-N. Um, just going through some rebranding. Just call me Toon now. So. Perfect. Oh, nice. Okay, so the, the visual shooter, we're retiring the visual shooter. We're retiring shooter. that one. I mean, it'll probably still be up there, so you could definitely still follow me on Instagram at visual shooter, but um, I need to go negotiate with this kid in Asia to get the Toon <laughs> handle. because. Yes. That would be sick. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Well, uh, follow this man. Go check him out, man. Uh, again, dude, I really appreciate you taking the time coming on Mars with me today, brother. Of course, man. Pleasure. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you. Uh, fellow Martians, love you guys so much. Follow me at OnMarsPod, OnMarsPod.com, and we will see you guys next time. Love you. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in and watching this episode of the On Mars Pod and for sticking around to the end, man. I really appreciate you guys. You are the real Martians. Like this video, comment below what your favorite part was, what was most inspiring to you. Subscribe to the channel, hit that bell for notifications here on future interviews coming out soon. And also follow us on Instagram at On Mars Pod. Love you guys so much. We will see you next time on Mars.